This is the Peak Signing Agents Podcast. My name is Derek Van Otten. I'm a six-figure loan signing agent, and I own a six-figure national signing service. My goal is to help you become a peak signing agent. Welcome. I want to thank our sponsor, The Loan Signing System. This course has literally changed my business life. I think if you're trying to be the best signing agent you can be, run the best business you can, you need the best courses out there. So to become a peak signing agent, I believe you need to take the loan signing system course. Click on my affiliate link. It'll take you to all the courses. Clicking on that link supports this podcast. It supports my family. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate you. Welcome back to another episode of the Peak Signing Agents podcast with me, DVO Derek Van Otten. And I just finished spending two hours getting my taxes done. Imagine that. Two hours. It's not fun. I get it. So let's talk about taxes on this episode. Because Peak Signing Agent Sylvia from me in my local town of Utah has requested. We talk about that. And I thought, well, I just finished doing two hours talking to, talking to my CPA. Maybe let's talk about it a little bit. Now, I just want to say, first of all, that I am not a CPA. I am not a tax expert. Everything I'm saying in this episode is just my opinions, not my advice to you. Just my opinions from what I learned, from what I've heard. So take it with a grain of salt as you will, please. Let's talk about it a little bit first. because Because one of the things that I see the most, the most common question I see in notary Facebook groups is LLC or DBA. Or I got my LLC, when should I set up my bank? La da 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 da. Let's talk about that a little bit. Because do you need to set up an LLC? Do you need to be a DBA? What's the difference? Now, again, I'm not a tax expert. I'm not a tax professional. You should seek advice from your tax expert and your tax professional. But let me give you a little bit of the difference. A DBA means doing business as. That's what a DBA is. An LLC is a limited liability company. You're limiting liability to just your company. So that already, I hope, kind of answers your questions. But let's go into it a little bit more. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about what to write off. We're going to talk about a lot of different things on this episode. So maybe listen to it a few times. If you think it's beneficial to anybody, please make sure you share the episode. If you haven't yet, follow the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel. It means a lot to me. So thank you so much. Now, if you decide to create an LLC, a limited liability company, you're limiting liability. So someone can't sue you, come after you, and come after your assets. You really don't need to worry about this if you're just getting started. If you're not making a lot of money, if you're not being super busy right now, there's really no reason to start an LLC. But you might want to think about doing a DBA, doing business as, because you can create whatever name you want. Let's just use my example. Derek owns peak signing, notary service, whatever you want to call it. Okay. I can do a DBA. Derek, or I should say uh, peak signing. No, I'm, I'm switching it around. Derek doing business as peak signing. And it's under my social security number. I just have to register with my state. And that's my state. I don't know. You have also, seek your state laws. Understand your state laws. I'm also going off of my real life example. Okay. 
So I can be Derek doing business as Peak Sighting. And it's under my social security number. So everything is just mine. So when I do my taxes, maybe I have a job. Maybe I'm just self-employed. Maybe I have a W-2 that I have to file taxes with. All I'm doing is just saying, yeah, all these all these signing services, all these title companies are paying me a 1099, and it's under my social security number. When you fill out your W-9 as a DBA, it's just your name, and you put also the business name, your social, and everything just gets paid to your social. It's that easy. It's so simple, and there's nothing else you need to do. You're just doing business as a business. You're, you're, you're whoever you are doing business as whatever name you want to come up with. All right, it's that easy. Now, if you're like, I need an LLC for whatever reason, you, you're making big money. Uh, you have a lot of other businesses. You have a lot of other assets you want to keep separate. Then maybe you want to do an LLC. Again, talk to your tax professional. If you don't, if, you don't have, if you're not doing big money, if you don't have a lot of assets, there really is not a reason to do an LLC, in my opinion. But again, you know, do whatever makes you happy. But I just want to say this. If you create an LLC, you are now saying you are a business entity. So not only do you have to file your taxes, whether it's, again, maybe you have a job, maybe you don't, but not only are you going to file your personal taxes, because you still have to file personal taxes, no matter what, you have to file personal taxes, and you now have to file business taxes. So you now have to file business taxes. That's an extra expense for you now. In case you didn't know, this is going to cause you an extra expense when you file your taxes and you have to renew your LLC every year. That's going to cost you money, right? This is all, all expenses. Now, again, you can write them off, but these are all, all expenses of part of business. So not only do you have to file personal taxes, you have to file business taxes, an extra expense, but then you're all now probably liable for self-employment taxes. You just cause yourself more expenses by creating an LLC. Now, to be honest with you, when I started my notary career, I started an LLC. The reason why is because I already had multiple other businesses. That is why I created an LLC. If I was brand new today, I didn't know I didn't know anything, and I was getting started, I would create a DBA. There was just no point of creating an LLC brand new. Because who knows? You... Who knows if I'm going to stick around with it? Who knows if I'll be successful at it? So I'm not going to stick around with it. And let's just say five years ago, I started as a DBA. Now I'm making $100,000, $150,000, $200,000 a year. I can now just now, I can just create the same name, Peak Signing LLC. And now I can just go back to all my vendors, all my signing services, all the platforms. Everyone say, okay, now I am an LLC. Here's my new W-9 with my EIN number. You creating an EIN number triggers to the IRS that you plan on filing a tax return. Okay? Under the business name. So again, I wouldn't worry about that myself if I was just getting started. Or if I wasn't that busy or being that successful yet, I would be a DBA. That's just my opinion. And if you're going to seek tax advice, again, you should go to a tax professional. I personally have a CPA. I have a lot of things happening. So I pay a CPA a lot of money every year uh, to take care of my taxes for me. Uh, my, They're not fun. Again, I spent two hours there. It was not fun. Um, but very informative. So I'll take that. 
so you can get a tax professional. You can get an enrolled agent. You can get a CPA. I personally wanted a CPA. I wanted a CPA, even though I know they cost money. I wanted to know that I can, this, this person has spent a lot of time studying taxes. They spent a lot of time doing taxes. So that interests me. I'm like, okay, great. They know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about. Uh, this is what they do. They, they spent years and years going to school. And if I ever get audited, then a CPA or an enrolled agent can be there with me. They can they can be there with me as I'm audited. They can represent me. If you go to just like a tax preparer, for example, H&R Block, Jackson Hewitt, just those big box chains. If you go there at the big box joints, they can't um, represent you. I mean, they can help you during the audit, but they can't really represent you. They can be liable for things uh, if something was wrong, but they can't represent you. And I like the idea that if I had a CPA, they could represent me. Now, again, it costs a pretty penny. So maybe when you, if you're brand, brand new, maybe don't get a CPA yet, but try to find someone that understands maybe the notary world a little bit about what uh, it is that we get paid to do and what we're up for. So uh, a good a good tax preparer will help save you money. Keep that in mind, right? That's that's the job of my CPA. My CPA, he, he told me, he's like, hey, Derek, your job is to make the money. My job is to help you with it, right? I like that. I like I like, I like our roles. <laughs> They're defined. I'll make the money. You help me with it, okay? I like that. So that's what you should be looking for in a tax professional as well, that they don't just do simple stuff, that they understand it. I'll tell you what I did. I wanted to learn a little bit more about taxes myself. I went, went, went to one of the big box stores. I actually went to Jackson Hewitt. H&R Block does it as well, but they teach free courses on taxes. And it's just a, it's like a couple hours a week for a few weeks. I mean, at the end, they do try to get you to, to work with them to go to one of their stores during the busy time. So they try to get you to do that. I really wasn't interested in doing that. But I did like the course. It did teach me a lot about business and taxes. Uh, and it's a free course. It's a free course that Jackson Hewitt and H&R Block do. I did it. I wanted to know more about taxes. I took one of their courses. Uh, that also made me realize that I would never get my taxes done by either one of those, but that's here nor there. Uh, I'm happy with, with my CPA. So yeah, find someone that understands. Okay. Understands. So the benefits of an enrolled agent or a CPA means they have done a lot of studying about taxes. They spend a lot of time learning about taxes. And if you ever get audited, they can help represent you. So I like that. So that's why I personally have a CPA. Now let's talk about deductions because now you're in business for yourself you can do a lot of write-offs i don't know if you guys have ever watched the the tv series schitt's creek it's hilarious if you haven't seen it it's a good time i recommend it but there is an episode uh the great eugene levy the great comedic actor his son dan levy has taken has stolen the show away he, he did a great job but anyway that is bit in one of the episodes uh where where his name, his character, David Rose, has started up uh, an apothecary store. And he's buying all these things. And his dad is telling him, hey, his dad was really good with his finances. Okay. He, I think he was an accountant or something in the show. But anyway, he said, hey, you can't just be buying these things. <laughs> and David says, why? It's a, it's a write-off. <laughs> and they, they, it's just some back and forth. Like, who 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 writes it off? <laughs> and David goes, I don't know, the, the tax write-off people. It's Anyway, it's a funny bit. And it just reminds me a lot of people that just think, Oh, it's a tax write-off. Just go ahead and do it. It's a write-off. Okay. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yes, when you're in business for yourself, there is a lot that can be written off. 
speaking with my CPA, I'll, I'll kind of talk about some of that stuff as well here. Again, that was the discussion I had with my CPA. Uh, seek advice from your tax professional. These are just my opinions, just things that I have heard. So keep that in mind. One thing I have heard from people, and I don't know if that really relates to my state, but just one thing I've heard is, for example, let's just say in your state, you can get you can charge $10 per stamp, okay? And let's say you're doing a loan package, and there's 20 places for you to stamp. So if you take the 20 places you could stamp times the $10, that's $200 you could have made. But the signing service or the title company paid you, let's say, $100. So you could have got paid 200, you got paid 100, you lost 100. I don't know how this works. This is what I've heard that that is part of a tax write-off. I don't do that in my state. I don't have to charge at all. It's optional. And in fact, I don't even charge the signers. The title company is paying me a service fee. So I'm not even charging the signers. Again, I don't know how that works, but I'm just telling you this because this might be, you know, something in your state that could be a write-off. I don't know. Keep that in mind. Again, I don't do it because in my state, I don't even have to charge them. And I don't know how that works with a counterbalance. Let's just say, again, I'm doing a seller package and I'm only stamping one page, the warranty deed. But I'm getting paid $75 for a seller package and I only stamped one page for that really could have paid me $10. I, I, know, I don't know. I'm just giving you guys some things I've heard on that. Talk to your tax professional. I don't know. I don't do it myself. Uh, anyway, what can you write off? What can you do? Well, basically anything that has to do with your business. Keep in mind, you still have your, your uh, what's it called? Standard deduction because you do your personal taxes. So you still have a standard deduction. And depending whether you're married, single, it ranges, but it can be up to, you know, 20, over $20,000 if you're married filing jointly over $20,000 on a standard deduction. So if you are kind of willy-nilly about like, oh, it's a tax deduction, it's a tax deduction, it's a tax write-off, it's a tax write-off, and you only qualify for your tax deduction, you actually, you might have just lost a lot of money just kind of being willy-nilly about it. So be smart about it, okay? Just kind of be smart when you think about tax write-offs. If you're thinking, oh, I can get this, I can get this scanner for 400, but there's this other scanner for 500, it's a little cooler, it's only, it's a hundred dollar difference, but I mean, it's a tax write-off. But if, if you only got the standard deduction, then you did waste a hundred dollars if it wasn't that big of a deal. Okay. So again, be smart. If you can buy the same quality pens at Walmart or Amazon or the dollar store, then, then like really upgraded pens that didn't mean a whole lot of difference, you know, still try to be thought conscious of your expenses being cost effective. Okay. Just keep that in mind. I'm just, I'm just saying that to keep in mind, not everything is a tax write-off if you're getting the standard deduction. All right. It's, it's kind of, I say, I mean, they're all business startup costs. Uh, so there are business startup costs to uh, keep in mind as well. Anyway, again, I'm just giving you guys things to talk to your tax professional about. All right. I just want you to be smart with your money. I want you to be smart with your taxes, okay? I'm, I'm doing this episode for all of our benefit, okay? I want you guys to win the money game by keeping the most in your pocket, the most in your, for your family, all right? So that's why I do this podcast for you guys. So what can you write off? Any expense. Now, 
you can either write off mileage or actual expense on your vehicle. If you have your car and it's also your day-to-day car for running errands, picking up kids, uh, going to your job, whatever, you know, you're going to be writing off mileage most likely. It's the most most likely the best benefit for you. It's going to be the mileage. might even be the easiest way to do it. You write off mileage. There's a lot of apps out there. Uh, there's logs that you can do, you know, um, maybe even during your, during, during your bookkeeping, you can keep track of your logs for your, for your mileage, but keep track of your mileage. Or you can do actual expense. I have the mobile office that I'm recording in almost every episode, okay? I'm always in this mobile office. This is what I drive. I only use this for business, for signing agent business. I only use this for that. I don't run around errands in it. Uh, this is strictly for business. I get to write off the whole thing. So when I bought this vehicle, because there's a certain weight limit, I don't get to write off the whole thing at once. I depreciate this over five years. So it's under, I, I don't remember the exact weight limit. Plus, also, tax laws change all the time. Keep that in mind. So this episode, maybe a year or two from now, might not be as as uh, as relevant. And maybe I'll do another episode. But at the time of this recording, there's a there's a weight limit to what you can write off in one year. The weight limit of my mobile office van was under that. So I'm depreciate, depreciate, depreciating it over five years. So what do I do get a write-off? I get a write-off actual expense now. So I don't keep track of mileage anymore. I keep track of gasoline. I keep track of maintenance. Uh, I have a monthly subscription to a car wash. I get to write that off. Uh, every time I get my oil change, anything, any type of service, new tires, tire rotation, um, oil change, oil filter, cabin filter, anything that I get done on the vehicle. If I get it detailed, if I pay someone to come and detail it for me, which I will in the spring is getting, you know, it's, it's winter time right now. It's a little slushy outside where I live. So the inside, I try to keep up with it, but it gets a little, it's a little messy. So soon as spring comes around, I'm paying for someone to come in and detail it. I get to write that off. When I register my vehicle, the insurance on my vehicle, I get to write that off. Um, the interest, because I did not pay for this cash because I'm depreciating it, I'm going to write off the interest. Now, keep in mind, I was smart about it. I, when I bought this van, when this mobile office, I have the money to pay it off in cash. I just chose not to do it because I'm depreciating over five years. So I'm going to I'm gonna do that. I'm going to just keep making payments over five years. Because if I don't have it anymore, you know, I don't want to keep, I, you know, this doesn't balance out. So uh, that's how I wanna, that's what I'm doing. If, so if you buy a vehicle strictly for loan signings, you can depreciate that over five years and you get a write-off actual expenses. So everything it takes to maintain the vehicle. If you're not, then you're most likely going to do mileage. That's usually going to be the best bet for you. All right. So those are things that I get a write-off. Uh, other things I get a write-off is me personally, I get a write-off paying my contractors. Everyone's a 1099 that, that, that does signings for me. If you've done a signing for me, and you made over $600 in this past year, I have to send you a 1099, which you've already received. Uh, if you've done that with me, you've already received the 1099. That was the IRS know that you should be claiming that on your taxes. Uh, I get to write off all the contractors that I pay. So I have to keep track of all the contractors I pay. You get to keep write off any devices, okay? If you're buying printers and scanners and pens and, and notary bags and stamps and you're getting your... Um, you know, just basic supplies like that, paper clips, rubber bands, these are all supplies. These are going to be written off. Your courses, if you took the National Notary Association course for signing agent or notary, uh, your state, if you had to take the test and get your license, if you took the loan signing system course, 
These are all tax write-offs. These are all training courses for write-offs. If you're going to conference, your ticket, your flight, your hotel, all food that you buy at the uh, conference is all write-off. If, so if you're going to the National Notary Association summits, if you're in the loan signing system conference, these are all where the whole expense is a write-off. Okay, because it's all for you to get better. It's a conference, it's traveling, it's training. So these are all tax write-offs. If you're out all day because you're busy um, and you have to eat because you have you know six signings and you're going to be out for eight hours and you have to eat, you get write off your food. So these are just things that you get a write off. Basically, almost anything to do with your business can be a write off, and you and you and you're trying to get uh, you know as much as you can because you want to make sure that you're taking the most benefit out of it. You want to lower your AGI. The AGI is you know, what they're looking at when they're going to decide how much you have to pay in taxes. Now, remember, all these write-offs, all of these expenses are all done on the federal level. Okay, these are all on the federal level. And you're going to probably make quarterly estimates. When you're making a significant amount of money in your business entity, you have to make quarterly estimates of your taxes and, you, and, you're, and a professional tax preparer Tax professionals should give you what that is. Uh, I personally just pay it all up in front at the beginning of the year, but uh, you can do it in quarters. But you should be paying quarterly estimates. They'll tell you how much you should do or should get get penalized. Also, in your business, you don't have a, the typical window frame, right? Usually people have until April 15th to 18th to file their taxes. When you're a business entity, uh, it might be March. So, again, talk to your professional what what category you put your business in, but uh, where where I where I'm at, I have to do mine by the middle of March. Actually, I have to do mine a month earlier than everybody else. That's what mine is due. So uh, February was really hectic trying to get all my tax stuff in uh, in line. Uh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look real quick, see if I can look at some of my P and L, see if I can uh, look at other things that my tax preparer was telling me about. Because again, I want to help you guys save the most when it comes to your taxes. Taxes, I know, are not the funnest. So I want to help all of you. Let me, oh, come on, come on, come on. Here we go. All right. Uh, other things I was able to write off. I'll actually share with you guys some, some things I would write off. My email subscription, because I pay. So what I did is I bought my website, my domain through Google. I had to pay, you know, an annual fee for that. And that way I have Gmail with my business account handle. So it's, it's you know, Derek at peak signing, whatever example it is. You know, I pay, I pay like $6 a month for my emails. And I have like three emails for that business. Uh, bank fees. I have to pay for bank fees. So when when I pay all my notice through ACH, when I order checks uh, to write checks, if I uh, someone wants to pay me through Square or QuickBooks, you know they charge you know a couple percentage. So I get to write off those. Anytime I renew my my license, my notary commission, uh, my business LLC, or if you have to renew with your state your DBA, if there's a fee for that, do it. Going to conferences. Continue education, your E&O insurance. If you pay monthly for your error and omissions insurance, your bond, your stamp for your notary, anything like that, okay? Printing. I had to go to FedEx a couple times in the middle of the day because 
Uh, there was a time, there was a week where I was getting some service done on the back of the mobile office and I didn't have my mobile office working. So there was a week where I had like emergency printing. So I would stop in a FedEx. I get to write that off. Uh, hotel marketing. Okay. Ordering business cards. If you're doing goodie bags when you're out marketing, if you're doing donuts or cookies or or whatever, if there's like a theme, like if it's National Popcorn Day and you get popcorn bags for all your title or mortgage companies, uh, you know, that's marketing. So you can write that off. Uh, postage. I made a mistake. I made a mistake on uh, some documents this past year. I had to go and pay for the shipping to the title company for one page. I forgot to get it uh, notarized. I said, I'm going to pay for that. I'm going to I'm going to notarize it. I'm going to stamp it and I'm going to go. Uh, to the post office or FedEx or UPS, and I'm going to ship it out right now to you. That was my bad, and I took ownership of it. And I have a happy client. I was happy to take that uh, fee. Spy food, van, okay. Internet, uh, your house. Talk to your tax professional about your house. If you have a dedicated part of your house for your office, if you have like a whole room, if you're like, okay, this room is for my office, and it's not, nothing else. It's not, it's, not, it's not also used for a guest room. It's not used for a playroom. This is purely my office. Then you can look at that office and say, okay, this office is like 10% of the house. So 10% of the internet I'm writing off. Anyway, talk to your tax professional about that, about using your house uh, for that. If you have to go parking, like me, I, I, had, a, I had a couple of signings uh, downtown in my area. Downtown's crazy. I'm sure a lot of uh, areas around the country get crazy around the downtown area and had to go go to a parking garage. And I had to pay for parking. That's a write-off. Uh, transportation during a conference, if I got an Uber to take me to the airport or back or get around. Um, the platform that I use, I get to write that off. Uh, any, and then, you know, any donations I put in, anything I give, any gifts that I give, these are things, just things that I can write off. So I'm just giving you guys some examples, giving you guys some tips about taxes to save you the most money. Again, I'm not a tax professional, so talk to your tax professional. If I miss something, let me know. I'm always interested to find out what else I can write off on my taxes. I'm trying to get my AGI down. Like I said, these are all federal write-offs. These are all on the federal level. Then they look, okay, here's your income. Here's all your write-offs. Okay, and then did you go above the, the, the uh, standard deduction? Here's your AGI, adjustable gross income, and then your tax on that, from my understanding. Then that gets reported to the state. If you're making quarterly estimates for your taxes, you have to do this again on the federal level. All the write-offs are done at a federal level, and then they report to the state what your net income was and what you have to pay taxes on, or your AGI, your adjustable gross income, and then you have to pay the state. So I always, every year, I have to pay the state every year because I've never done anything with the state. Everything's been done at a federal level. I'm just trying to get all my deductions in as much as I can to get the lowest AGI. To then they report that to the IR to the state, and then they say, okay, now this is what you owe us, the state. Write them the check, get my refund from the government. Hopefully, right. Always cross my fingers. I hopefully get it. My uh, CPA told me this year. He goes, hey, 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 Derek, did you notice that every year your the income we're reporting is going down and down and down. And I'm like, that's good because you're teaching me right. That means you're teaching me all the deductions I can get. Even though my gross income is increasing, my gross income is increasing year after year. 
but what I'm reporting is lower every year because I'm getting all the deductions I can. A good professional tax professional will help you give you all the deductions you can, not just go, okay, give me your numbers. Let me put this in. Okay, done. We're done. Right. A professional is going to spend time with you. My tax professional spent two hours with me today on a Saturday to get all this done. I used to schedule these in the middle of the week and I, it was just too much because my phone's blowing up. So now I do this on the weekends, get it taken care of. And like I said, it's a Saturday. Just finished doing my taxes for two hours. Now I'm going to get ready to do a signing. It's a Saturday, my favorite day of the week to go do signings. Hope you've got a lot of signings coming up. Hope you're still crushing it. Hope this helps you save money or keep money in your pocket. That's the that's the point of why I do these episodes sometimes to keep money in your pocket, to save money for your family, to win for your family, to win in business, succeed in business. I believe in you, and I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Peak Signing Agents podcast. I hope this episode brought great value to you and your business. And if it did, please subscribe and follow the podcast and share with anyone you think could also benefit. Thank you.